Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I feel like Bobby Fischer, always four moves ahead of my competition. Listen, they ain't gonna stop me ever. I feel as large as Biggie, swear it could not get better. I feel in charge like Biggie, wearing that Cosby sweater. 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 Hello and welcome back to another week of the NRL Supercoach Talk Draft waiver wire podcast as per normal it's chris and simon with you again to go through all the waiver wire targets for week five of the nrl season how you going there chris going well sir excited to get into another week but uh please no more injuries yeah there's been been a few going around which we'll get to but um we're gonna try and shake things up a little bit um with this podcast obviously we will go through the uh the waivers like we always do and identify some claims there but we also think it's probably time in the season, four weeks in, four weeks in the books, we can look back and kind of make a bit more of a concrete statement about which players were, were good values on draft day, who were busts, um, and just that sort of general banter that we'll try and add in. So what we might do is as we go through each team or each matchup like we do normally, we'll just try and um, identify a player or, or possibly more just from each team that we'd like to um, – just to talk about and to sort of see what we think about them both rest of season and also kind of where their current value is at, um, whether they've either increased or or decreased or whatever. And only really touching on notable ones. We won't obviously do it for every player, but just some of the sort of more early round picks, um, I'm thinking sort of round five and above, um, also might throw in a bit of the, you know, I guess the, the preseason sleepers that have sort of panned out or not panned out. Yeah, uh, that's it because... It's probably, you know, in the L League, the trades have started happening a few weeks ago, probably two, two weeks ago. But I know in a lot of leagues, a lot of players like to, and it happens in our league too, not every manager has been active, but a lot of people like to kind of see how their draft picks pan out over the first month of the season or, the, or thereabouts before they kind of start making any any solid tr- trades or, or listen to any, any offers that they take kind of take seriously. So um, I think that, that time in the year's kind of come now, so we can kind of get just a bit more of an accurate kind of measure on where these players are at. So we'll start it off with the first game of the round this this week, which is on Thursday, Brisbane Broncos at home to the West Tigers. Now for the Broncos, you've got James Roberts still out with um, with his multitude of injuries and just loves getting on the piss by the looks of it. <laughs> So he's he's not back, which sees Katoni Staggs keep his spot in the centres there, and he was quite good last week as a recommended ad. Yes, did did pick him up, mate, and start him last week, and uh, I mean he he's impressive, real life and super coach, and I think, I mean James Roberts is named on the extended bench, which is some sort of surprise. I, I can't imagine he's he's good to go this week. So Katoni remains an ad for mine, especially for James Roberts owners. He would be, he would be. And also um, TPJ is obviously out suspended 
as well. So that sees David Fafita move in to start at lock. Uh, and young Patrick Carrigan getting a run in his first day, first grade debut in number 17. I think the big one there is kind of um, the Payne Haas hype hasn't come to fruition. He's 18th man. Yeah, interesting one. Um, I still think he's okay as a sneaky free agent add and stash, um, but you would have thought if, you know, if he was in the reckoning, he'd be somewhere at least on the bench this week. So he may come in in a late switch, I guess it's possible, but um, David Fafita is the one there, mate. You, you seem like you're a bit of a fan of his work, and will he get decent enough minutes to warrant the start um, playing at the lock? Look, oh, yeah, I, I love – I see everything Devon sees in Fafita in terms of real-life player, up-and-coming gun. You know, Joey Johns absolutely loves the bloke, and, and rightfully so. I guess the big thing is, is yeah, his minutes. Obviously, playing lock, you, you prefer him to be on the edge because, you know, Seabold seems to be playing those those second rowers for big minutes each week. So playing lock, he's probably going to get spelled by Sewer, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, coming through to kind of play in the middle with Flegler obviously spelling Lodge or Offerhangawi with Carrigan uh, also rotating through the front row. I think that's probably the thing to note is that Seabold does it, does like playing Lodge and Offerhangawi for, for big minutes as front rowers, even more so than most teams. So... I don't see him getting 80 minutes. I probably see him getting kind of 55, 60-ish minutes. I, I would, I think he'd be well worth a claim on waivers, given you've got him for a couple of weeks there, but um, not a high-end claim, I don't think. Probably like a mid-claim. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to add much more to that, mate. He's decent as a uh, that sort of claim. And Payne Haas, do you like a free agent stash to see maybe not even that, just see what happens? Is that your thoughts? Uh, he's a no from me. He just is a no from me. I, I, I don't quite understand the hype around Payne Haas that's in Supercoach circles, kind of everywhere. He hasn't really. He's a young kid. He's had troubles off the field. He hasn't really shown a hell of a lot, to be honest. And I don't quite understand why. Like, yes, he's he's talented, but I, I just don't see him being Supercoach relevant. Until next season, so you, you're probably right, mate. I think until you know you've, you've still got the old heads of you know Alex Glenn still floating about there as well, um, and Sua is obviously ahead of him as well. So I, I see what you're saying. The in terms of minutes, it would take a couple injuries, at least two injuries, two back rowers to even make him somewhat relevant. So fair call. Um, I think just want to quickly mention a couple of the Broncos in terms of um, the you know the draft value. Um, I would be buying low on Asako and Milford if I didn't own them. I, I think the Broncos will have better weeks going forward. I think they just had, you know, running into the Roosters um, when they did um, sort of a St. George side that needed to get a win. I just think it's been a bit situational for mine. And I've got to feel that these forwards as the season goes on will get better. Because I still think it's a very good forward, um, especially with TPJ looking as good as he has. I, I've got a firm buy low on both of those two. Yeah, like I, I do see that too. Like the, they've also played the Storm as well. Week yeah. one, so there are easier games uh, ahead, mate. Especially at Suncorp, you know, when the Friday nights start rolling in, um, or you know, or even this one at Thursday at Suncorp, um, provided the weather's good. I, I think if, you, especially Asako, if um, you're an owner, mate, I, I know you won't give him up cheap uh, just because he's made a slow start. I just feel there's a buy low opportunity there. Oh yeah, hundred percent there is. There definitely is, and. He's he's also looked really bad in real life as well as fantasy. Like his fantasy yeah. scores have been 
have been a direct reflection of how bad he's played kind of in real life. And um, true, he just can't. He's too good of a player to to go this badly for for the Bronx. And and even even his goal kicking's been off. He's really had a dodgy start to the year. He's um he's been a bust so far. Let's not beat around the bush, but. He's he oh yeah that that's why the bylaw opportunity has has come up for both of those players that you mentioned and it and it's firmly there guys I think if you want to move this is the week see what you could um you know you may not need to float that much to get a Sarko. if you got a spare front rower that's going well um you know I think there's a chance I also want to just point out with Milford I I think is a really firm bylaw uh, I am an owner he was pretty. Broncos bombed tries off his kicks two of them in the week gone which would have had his score up there. He's been fine. Um, he, he, I think he'll be okay. So, uh, and just want to quickly mention Matt Gillett finally getting eighty minutes on an edge, as we said in the potty last week, was a chance. Um, hopefully, you did buy low last week because he he'll be set for a pretty good role for the run home. Yeah. Um, what about what about just general general values for the Broncos? Like Corey Oates, what do you make of him? Is he is he what he is, or do you think you think he's kind of overperforming, underperforming? What do you make of Corey Oates? It's kind of his style, mate. His work rate's going to be pretty good most of the time, and he's going to have chances to score tries as a winger in this side. So, I mean, I I still think Corey Oates is a, a very good sort of you know top fifteen ish CTW that sort of range. Maybe, yeah. maybe top ten, I reckon. Yeah, pr- probably, mate, because he's got that work rate as well as he has a knack for scoring tries. So I, I really like Corey Oates. Um, and just a special mention to Jack Bird, who, real life, well done. Like, well done, sir. Can hold his head high in a, in a pretty rough start to the year. He he looks like he might be getting back to some of that form from a few years ago. Yeah, no, he's been looking good, especially with the, um, yeah, lost, lost, lost the weight, and it looks like he's really starting to put in. So he's looking good. And I just want to stick, there's something else I keep hearing out there that I just don't agree with is that Cody Nicarima is a number seven in the NRL. I'm, I just don't see it. I'm going to stick with it. I don't know whether it's just because he doesn't work with Milford, but I just think it, it doesn't It doesn't seem right to me. And I think he's got some talent, but as an every week starter in the NRL, it's just not for me. Mm. I, I don't know what his best position is, but him and Milford together, it's probably, everyone's heard this like a broken record, but they just don't, they just need that. If if either Milford or Nicarima had a Blake Green next to them, they'd probably both yes. be superstars. Yes. But, but together, they just don't seem to be able to manage the side enough to, to yeah. Uh, something's not quite right there, but... Yeah. I want to actually, good you mention that. I'm not necessarily saying Nicarima's not a talented player, but just in this current setup, I just, I can't, can't get on board. But um, we'll move over to the Tigers, mate. We've said enough about the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so West Tigers, look, You've got Josh Alloway starting at lock. Um, Elijah Taylor's completely out of the side. He's, he's in the extended bench in the reserve, so he, he's gone. Nofaluma's also named in the extended bench, so there's kind of rumblings that he's not too far off a return. However, I think I did hear that he is a chance of coming back through Queensland Cup first. Before Probably he... needs a gallop, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and look, like we mentioned a few weeks back, I just don't think the Tigers are really – in that desperate of a need to change their side. They've been winning matches, playing pretty well, and Fanua's been doing a job as well as, uh, obviously, Corey Thompson, safe as on the other wing. So what do you make of of the well, – there's not really any waivers for the Tigers, given their, their team's kind of stayed the same, and you know, Josh Alloway's just never really proven himself to be much in, in Supercoach. So – no phone, mate. I, I, I think um, – I actually just got a trade through an our league uh, 
for a CTW needy person, I managed to snare Bilo on Fitzgibbon. Um, so I just want to point there's, there's a chance in leagues that he might have been dropped after being, you know, uh, hurting himself preseason. I think he's definitely a free free agent claim if that's the case. So I just want to get that across first. Um, aside from him, though, mate, it's really not a side that I would get too excited about for Supercoach, apart from uh, their one gun in, in Masters and... Uh, obviously, uh, Robbie Farah is going to have, you know, whilst he's fit, we'll have a good year. Madison, 80 minutes is working nicely. He had a pretty decent week. Um, but yeah, mate, no, no waiver claims there really apart from Novo. With Josh Reynolds, we touched on him last week as a dual hooker 5'8". Scored 47 points in 85 minutes. Two tri-assists and two forced dropouts in that. Um, unlike Josh Reynolds, are both off kicks, I believe. I think they're both off brothers, his tri-assists. He uh, good. You mentioned him, mate. He's a fine. There's not a lot of quality going on in the halves at the moment, um, and then also that hooker. There's a lot of underperforming hookers as well. So he he's fine if you're desperate and you know I need to start either of those positions. But he's not someone you'll be burning a, a high end claim for. No. Okay. So um, so so busts and and, and values. I'll I'll kick it off first with a with a value that I, that's pretty obvious, really, and that's probably Farah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. He, he would have gone in different places, in obviously in different leagues, just because he, he had a really high average. So it's hard mm. to know how late he would have gone in, in every league. In our league, he fell quite a long way. He was probably like the 10th hooker off the board or something like that, or in that kind of range where there would have been leagues where he was a, a top five hooker based on his average. So in our league, he's turned out to be a, an extreme value. And as we said previous weeks, the, the Damien Cook, Owner was the guy that took Farah as well. Still hasn't traded him yet, but um, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Which is, for the record, guys, I want to point out, we have a league that is trading heaps at the moment. Since the start of the year, this has been one of the, the highest volumes we've seen. Yeah, so look, he, he's been a good value. Uh, so is Alex Twal. Uh, Alex Twal, he's been really, really he has. He, he's the one I thought you might even mention first. Um, he's far exceeded his draft position and is an every week. Jeez, I mean, is he that far off a top 10 at the moment with that base stat that he's putting together? Uh, probably not too far away. Maybe thereabouts. Somewhere in the top 15 at least. So good, good luck to people that drafted him. Um, he's Obviously, his minutes are up this year, which is well earned because he's quite a good real-life player. So yeah. well done. Um, and other values. Look, I think Masters is just a value wherever you got him, really. Round, round three onwards, I think he's just that good. He's a beast. He, I, I must admit, I slightly underrated him going into the season, and if I could draft again, um, I would have looked at him in round three, early round three. Um, so busts for the Tigers. Most mm. of them guys got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he would have cost much on draft day, though. I mean, even if I know he hasn't been performing poorly and doesn't look very involved, but. Uh, surely people weren't spending high-end picks on him. No. It's probably not really that many other Tigers because Masters would have gone high, but everyone else is kind of yeah, not not a top five-round pick other than Masters. No. Madison would have gone roughly where he was supposed to go, so that's fine. Um, and Luke Garner will probably drop off, as, as we'd expect. Yeah. I mean, obviously the big bust is Eisenhuth, really, isn't it? 
That's true. Eisenhuth might have been, uh, you know, assumed to to carry on that form of the last couple of seasons, but obviously he's in the on the bench this week. Um, I mean, is there any interest made that he could be sneaking his way back into a starting lineup at some point soon? Maybe, mate. Like he might, he might be thereabouts. But I don't know. He's a bit of a, a bit of a meat and potatoes type style of player. Otherwise, and he doesn't have much up much upside, does he? Almost none. He he needs to be getting the minutes. Um, he's got roughly a PPM, but he he needs you know to be relevant fifty odd minutes, and it just seems. I mean, I guess if only Aloua is in his way, and and Garner, who's not exactly a superstar, it. Yeah, he he. I guess he could sneak that in the week. So if you want to take a punt as a free agent pickup, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next game of the round for a six o'clock. This is the Titans at home to the Penrith Panthers. Now for the Titans, Tyne Roberts and Ash Taylor are still in the halves. Um, there's a bit of hope out there for Brimson owners like myself that he finally pushed Michael Gordon to either a wing or out of the side, but that hasn't happened either. So, um, yeah, pretty much an unchanged team for the for the Titans. Yep. Um, let's not spend heaps of time on this side. Uh, I think... One person that's been performing above expectations is Brian Kelly at the moment. Um, I was lucky enough to pick him up just seeing that he'd put together some decent base stats, and he did it again on the weekend. Um, one try assist only in a, in a pretty good score. So he's a good brew-life player, so I guess it's translating to some good early ball on this side. Um, but he's really a lone hand. I mean, Ryan James, huge bust, as predicted preseason by both of us. Yeah. like Even when he went back to the front, the front row last week, he only put together a 35. He, mate, he's a bust. There's, he was, he's a uh, sort of a forward that's quite reliant on that goal line plunge. And if he's not being used in that role, I mean, the warning signs are well and truly there. Yeah, because like the big news, like, look, I'm looking at his minutes here. So the first three weeks he played, obviously in the second row, um, minutes of 60, 72, and 62. And then last week, starting at top, um, only had the 43 minutes. So. Bit concerning, and, and yeah, it appears to be appears to be a bust. Um, and if you if you drafted him, there's not really any trade value there at all. I think you've kind of lost all value. He's probably worth. Just, he's probably just worth hanging on to. He's he's borderline whether you'd actually be able to play him though at the moment. To be honest, until the minutes come up. Yeah. So look, in terms of values, uh, before we move off the Titans, obviously Mitch Rain's going to prove to be a decent value as a as a pickup given the injury to. Um, to Pete, so Rain's going to be a good starter there, um, and also the Cardi Party, mate. He's going to—he'll come good. He'll come. Yeah, good. rough, rough week for those who picked him up in classic. I managed to avoid the trap, but uh, eighty minutes with the Cardi Party—you you know he's going to have some upside weeks there. Um, yeah, he's on a trap, mate. He'll—he'll he'll come good. With that <laughs> I probably should just mention, put my hand up and say one that I did get wrong so far is I really thought Tyrone Peachy would be the, the centerpiece of this side. I thought they'd be just giving him early ball and he'd be be doing things. But even he's not creating in this team. So, I, yeah, I must admit I'm getting a little wobbly on, on whether that'll come good or not. Mm. Yeah, I think he, he kind of is what he is there. I, I don't see – he doesn't feel like a buy like to me. No, it, it really doesn't. You know, I'm as about a bigger fan as there is, and I, oh, it take a brave man to buy low. If you can buy exceptionally low and park him on your bench, sure, because um, there's always a chance with Peachy, he just you know flips, you know, flicks the switch. But uh, yeah, far from a lock. Yep. All right, on to the Penrith Panthers. So this is probably where the changes have have occurred. 
Obviously, Dylan Edwards has had a shocking start to the year, so he he's out on the wing. Swap with DWZ. So DWZ's gone back to fullback. Um, in terms of waiver claims, do you think DWZ, DWZ is worth a fighter? No, not really. He just really hasn't shown much. He's... I don't know. I just he's not like a busy player. He's kind of fast. He's kind of big, but in terms of super coach, I just don't ever see him having like a prolonged run of being a gun. Mm. I, I just can't see it. Yeah, he's kind of an opportunist, isn't he? Like he doesn't set up tries with his ball play much. He's kind of just a, a support play fullback. That's how he kind of gets his tries. It is. It. It's certainly you know with with Dylan Edwards struggling as much as he has. It, again, it's just another sort of hole created in this struggling Panther side who were incredibly lucky to win on the weekend. Um, whether that win, you know, boosts the morale and they start clicking a bit more, I, I don't know. But until until they start firing an attack, I mean, it, you're really not that keen to start any of these Panthers' um, backs and, and halves. This this is the matchup, though, isn't it? Against the Titans. It really is. It, I mean, I guess on that note with uh, Dallin, you could justify a low-end claim because he's certainly going to be startable this week, you would, you'd like to think. Um, and I guess if he blew up, you may have trade value slash, you know. It, it, it could spark some things. But, um, you know, I guess you're firing up Wonga Blake as well this week, finally. Yeah, yeah. look, because Wonga Blake's been, been the big bust for Penrith so far. There's no doubt about that. And um, yeah, this, is the, this is the week for him, hey. Like, against the Titans. Against, you think so? Yeah, I think this is probably the time where he needs to come good. Uh, would you, do you, I just want to jump in there, mate. Do you see – so Nathan Cleary, we mentioned, is a potential buy-low. Um, you know, Josh Mansell had a, a decent base that game. Uh, are you still going to buy-low for rest of season on these Panthers players, or do you think this side will continue to struggle? I think they'll be inconsistent. Mm. Um, I think there's probably still enough reasons to buy-low because I think mm-hmm. they're good all that way, they're bad. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do worry that they're going to be, like – when they're versing the good teams, like you saw last week against the Storm and, and, and teams of that ilk, I do think you're going to be questioning whether to start some of their guys. Obviously, Cleary is, given the halfback landscape, he's still going to be a starter. But these other guys, it's it's different. Like, you're going to be less confident in your Edwardses, your Blakes, your Mansours and that, in, in those kind of matchups. What about James Fisher-Harris, who continues to go quite well? Um, minutes, especially if you're playing him in the front row, he, he's had quite a good season so far. Do you think he'll continue averaging sort of that 55-plus? Oh, well, he, he's been a really good value pick. Really yes. good value pick. Yes. Um, and look, I kind of see him going pretty well rest of season. I, I think he'll drop off a little bit because obviously once Kit Cow and Yo get their minutes consistently – um, but I, I, what I think will happen is you'll see Tamo start to lose minutes and they'll kind of filter towards Fisher-Harris. So I'm not that worried about Fisher-Harris. I'm pretty pretty content with him. I think whoever's picked him up has probably got a pretty good value there. Yeah, sneaky top 20 front rower, sort of locked in rest of the year, you would think, which is pretty good value considering he cost almost nothing on draft day. Yeah, no, he's been good. Uh, anyone else for the Panthers for you before we move off no, I mean, you know, the temptation to, to buy low on, um, you know, if Kikau is still potentially not seen as a, you know, a gun rest of season, you and I are big fans of his work. Um, I know you picked him up already. I think he's, I think he's going to have his big weeks. So I, I like him still. And then Josh Mansour, good to see him hit a bit of form, um, certainly in base stat, and could still be a buy low. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
I'll share with the listeners what the trade was because I always think it's interesting to hear what trades go on in other leagues. Uh, was it last week or the week before? I think it was the last. I thought it was a couple of weeks ago, but anyway. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I traded Nikora. Yep. Written Nikora straight up for for um, Kikau. And what did I say? Oh, yeah, you weren't a fan of, you weren't a fan of uh, the other guy's work, but... I think you're insane to trade Nakora for a kick out, but at the time, obviously, people would have been, you know, happy to do that. Um, but that's that's just a cl- classic example of Simon playing the long game, and I would be incredibly shocked if that is even close by end of season in terms of average. Well, yeah, well, I guess we'll I guess we'll wait and see. The old um, the old center wing duel was, was definitely what um, got that across the line. If if Nakora wasn't center wing duel, it would never have happened. So. True, very true. Okay, uh, on to the next Friday game, which is the Cowboys at home. Look, I'm, I'm just about done with the Cowboys. I look at their team and it just makes me bored. It is literally Michael Morgan by virtue of the fact he's the only attacking option for them. Um, so he, you can continue to fire up Morgan. Um, it's not a good matchup for him here, mind. Um, and he's traditionally struggled against the Storm as well. That's just, that is not, without Tam Lolo there, that's just not a side you really want to start anyone this week. No, like they're making changes. Like Green is making changes, but mm. each week they're just these little crappy changes. Like they're tweaking. Like this week they've gone Tuwala to centre and and Jar- Jarvid Bowen out of the side, put Ben Hampton on the wing. Ben Hampton is a winger. I can't get on board with that as a, from a real life perspective. Yeah, that that could go spectacularly poorly. Oh, I just don't understand it. Like. Tomorrow Martin back to fullback. That like that's a monumental change. He's done well there to, to make yeah that, and get Clifford in, but I don't know. They're just poor. Poor yeah. Jakey Clifford didn't exactly have a, a a good night to remember that one. No, that was rough. Very rough. Look, they need they need felt back for a bit of stability in those in that back line because they do. Yeah, look, I like Tuala. I do like him. Yeah, talented. Yeah, he's talented, and they, they had to get Bowen out of there. Sadly, just hasn't really made the grade. Nah, he's just not not explosive and doesn't look overly threatening. So, hmm. I think Tuala's a, a free agent pickup this week. Not you, you're yep. not going to start him, but he's probably worth a stash. That's fair. Um, look, in terms of values and bust for the Cowboys, pretty simple: Cohen Hess bust, bust. Yep. Um, McLean's been a good value. Morgan's been as advertised, and that's pretty much it. That's really it. No one else would have warranted a high selection. Um, Obviously, it's on Rollo, but you don't, you don't nah. count. No. Injuries don't count. He was killing it whilst he was fit, so nothing wrong there. What about Jake Granville? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nothing to say? No, not really. Like, it's just weird that he was so super coach relevant a few years ago and actually looked like a, he was going to be, a, you know, a dependable uh, super coach starter, but he just isn't that. Yeah, look, if you'd gone back, back to the time you were talking back a couple of years ago and you, stood, you sat Granville next to Damien Cook and you said, look, in two and a half years' time, one of these guys is going to be the best player in Supercoach or a top three pick, like, you, you would have probably said Granville. Yeah, because he was – mate, he was running from dummy – he was doing all the things Cook's doing now. And you thought, geez, this guy's really – like, great value that year that he exploded. And he just, just doesn't really happen anymore. Um, just also want to mention the ass man, John Asiata. Uh, I really like that guy. I think he is quite a talented player. How long before he gets more minutes in this side? Never. I don't think it's happening. Just not going to happen, is it? While Cohen Hess is, is manning an edge there, that's just not a thing. Well – if there's one more injury to this side and John Asiata ends up starting and getting 60-plus minutes, I am so on board. Yeah, look, the reason why it's probably not going to happen is in, in real life, he's not a good defender. He lets in, he does let true. in. True, very true. Breaks, but he, I understand he is a good cog for that team in terms of attack because they do need it. Yeah. So, yeah, in terms of, look, with waivers, it's just Tuala as a pre-agent pickup. Um, on to the Melbourne Storm, so Vunabalu is suspended for a week, so Marion Sebi's on the wing, um, which is kind of interesting, especially given the matchup. But this probably is a match that Storm should probably win and probably win pretty easily. Um, other than that, there's not much change. There's is it Ryan Pappenhausen or something like that, number 17, bench player. Um, He's probably not really of any interest there. So, look, the Storm, is there anyone that you'd be wavering? Do you think Arrow Carr has been dropped in any leagues? Oh, yeah, and certainly it's a week to fire him up as well. Um, oh, Arrow Carr, obviously, very low floor, but he will have his monster weeks for you, especially in a dominant Storm side, so I can't argue with it. Yeah. Um, so, what about your values and your busts for, for the Storm? Just want to point out just the extreme drop off in Will Chambers as a super coach player. What has actually happened there? I think Father Time. This Father Time. It really is it's just warning away because he he was he was in the very upper echelon for so many years. You know, uh, it's crazy. But anyway, um, for me, mate, the obvious one is Dal Finucane has so far outweighed his draft position. Uh, especially if you play him as a front rower. He, he, he's he been great. So dependable, and he's getting the minutes again that he got a few years ago. Yeah, he, he's been damn good for Nukin. He's been, he's been sneak, really sneaky good, like 51, 84, 59, 61. And it's, it really looks like, because obviously Stimson was the issue uh, pre-season as to whether, you know, how those back row minutes would be divvied up, but it just hasn't been an issue. Um, so good luck to you if you drafted Dalfinuka, and that's gone really well for you. Especially when you look at their bench this week, they've got Brandon Smith, Christian Welch, Tui Kamika Mika, and that Ryan Puppenhausen, who's a who's a, um, a outside back. So you've got... Welch and Kamakamuka, um, who are front rowers. So Brandon Smith is the only one that gives Fanukin a bit of a break, a bit of a break there. So he's, he's good for 55-plus minutes every week. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, as we said, mate, that has just gone spectacularly well because he would have been quite cheap on draft day with a couple of pretty down super coach seasons, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, good luck to you. Uh, apart from that, mate, uh, I think just continue as well. Brody Croft just not really becoming super coach relevant at any stage has been a bit surprising. Uh, but I guess all the flow is going through Cam Munster, who's had a couple of pretty good weeks. Yeah, Munster's been a gun, as as advertised. I really wanted to ask you about Jerome Hughes' rest of season. What do you make of of, of his output so far and, and kind of how you see him in the side and that sort of thing? I think he he's still a guy, because they're in such a, you know, the storm side are going nowhere and they're going to be attacking well. I still think he's a guy you're happy to start. You probably still won't get huge trade value for him, um, you know, either selling him or you could buy. You probably acquire him cheap. That's probably the best way to put it. I, I'd be happy enough to acquire Jerome Hughes fairly cheaply. Yeah, let me just look at his scores. He, he feels like if he doesn't get the attacking stats, he's kind of a forty average, which is good. Like forty is a good base to have. Mm. Uh, let me look at his scores here: seventy-four week one, and then yeah, 47, 47, 40. If there's a yeah, if there's a little buy low opportunity because those big scores haven't been there the last few weeks, I, I think I'm on board with that. Yeah, no, he's he's been going okay, chugging along with a with with decent enough base there. Um, okay, so on to the next game of the round is South Sydney at home to the Warriors. Now, <laughs> for South, Cole Turner is named at the centre. <laughs> Fudge. Yeah. That is, uh, that's not a thing, right? No. It can't be. I guess that answers all you need to know in terms of when you when you th- say bust, who's the bust for South Sydney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cole Turner is already in the centres and it's only week five. Yep. Yeah, let's just say it hasn't been a good start for one Greg Inglis. So they've got an extreme shortage of outside backs at the moment then? Yes, they do. Yeah, not even a junior to sneak in under the cap or anything like that. That's oof, gives the Warriors a chance, put it that way. I really think Jacob Gagan should be the one there because I think he's probably got the Cole, Cole Turner's just going to get. They're probably going to be all right because it's against, against the Warriors this week. Mm. So like he's just got to be there to tackle Carter. But um, if this was another week, then he, Cole Turner would get burnt by so many tenders. Like he's just yeah. Going to be done for speed on the outside pretty well. Um, but look, in terms of waivers, I guess, is there anyone here that you're overly interested in? Probably only be Corey Allen, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a week if you picked up Corey Allen last week. He was a bit disappointing, but I think you could fire him up this week. You feel like that'll go quite well. Um, I wouldn't obviously waiver him, but you could you could free agent pick up and start him or, if, uh, or, or, or play him if you've got him already. Yeah. Values and busts. Obviously, Cameron Murray's been an amazing value. He's been so good. He really has, and I think he had some base stats along with attacking stats in the last week, and, and the, the kid's just really talented. So uh, well done to those who drafted him. Um, Cody Walker's been very good. Uh, Reynolds has been, above, I think, above his station from, from draft day value. Yeah, he's been good. Just really good to start the year. And I think he's probably got a, a smidgen of sell high in him. I do too, just because of the extreme injury risk that he comes with. And, you know, we've seen it the last several seasons, mate. Even if he has been sort of looking great, it just takes that one knock that he cops mid-game and, and down he goes. So I fully agree with you. I think it's sell high in Reynolds. Uh, maybe 
try and package him up to grab like a Cleary would be an app, an option for me. Yeah, I don't mind it. Don't mind it at all. But you know me, I've never been a huge Adam Reynolds guy. I, th- I know that there are people out there who are real believers in Reynolds when he's fit and firing. So I think that's they're the guys that you if you can find one of those in your league that's got a Cleary or mm. got an SJ, I think they're the guys that you, you float around. Like it. Um, just to mention as well to Sam Burgess, who has hit a lot of attacking stats to start the year, which has boosted that average. I still, I'm not sure, like, I don't think the old Sam Burgess is back. I don't think the base stats are high enough to say that he's that elite player that he was. But if you've, if you've got him, obviously, you're very happy with that, uh, the, the attacking output so far. Yeah, I've, as the owner of Burgess, I think there's a bit of self-buy in him. I'm not actively selling him, though, because he's, no. my, he's in my front row. And I think at front row, to have an 80-minute second rower who's got that upside in your front row is really hard to find. Fully agree with you. Um, if you were somehow just playing him as a 2RF, I, I think a sell high would be a very good idea. Absolutely. Yep. If he's in your 2RF, you, I think you're well within your rights to go and try and see what you can fetch. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, mate, on to the Warriors. Now, their team seem to change change all the time. They keep, they keep tweaking Adam Blair, your, your, your mate. Yeah, if he's getting if if you start him in your front row, he's just a low end starting option, uh, and he, he becomes startable again this week with a front uh, 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 sorry an edge spot. Uh, but they do, as you're right, mate. They keep mucking them all around. Um, Lachlan Burr at thirteen again, um, and your boy Papali'i back to the bench. So, God, it's hard to get some consistency here in terms of super coach. I'm so pissed off about that. I'm so annoyed. I love boys. I love Papali'i. Good player and. Yeah, he turned. He, he come and started the other week. Scored a try, played eighty minutes and or thereabouts, and looked all right. And now he's back to you know losing minutes again the next week. And now he's back on the bench. There's got to be something going on at training where this puppet has just been an absolute knob. I reckon so, something like that, mate. So I guess I guess the answer for the listeners is who is startable out of this? Uh, for literally, let's go from. From eight onwards, who who is startable? Obviously, you start with Harris. He's he's a no-brainer. Yep. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not overly excited to start anyone else. No, I'm not either. I, I'm a bit of a hole in the front row, so Blair's been just a bit of a hopefully a stopgap for me till I sort things out. But um, I guess if you know if you have to, he, he's starting this week, but he's just as likely to be you know benched just before the kickoff for Papali'i. I wouldn't drop Papali'i. I would hang on to him and see if he can get those minutes back. But um, he's a pretty hard start from the bench, obviously. Yeah, he's really tough because last time he started, he started from the bench. He got twenty five minutes. Yeah. Um, the other two weeks he played full 80 and 69 last week when he was a start. But now that he's back to the bench, yeah, like with, if he's going to get 25 minutes again, obviously he's going to be no good. So um, Values and busts for the Warriors. RTS has been really good. He's been a gun. So you probably got value on him in round three. Um, other than that, look, Tohu Harris has kind of been just as is, not not – not amazing, not bad, but there's not that many super coach players for the Warriors. I guess um, you know, Foster Tour has dropped off a lot from last year, and, and that was pretty well predictable. So 
I don't think that unless you drafted him high based off his average from last year, he'd probably be the only one that's been a massive bust. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. The Knights and the Sea Eagles, for the Newcastle Knights, we've jinxed it. We've absolutely jinxed it, and bloody Gavitt's back. <laughs> I'm not yes, he is. Not anymore. He's just Gavitt. Yep. Gavitt. The Gavitt is back. Uh, interesting for me that Connor Watson is named in the reserves, mate, as an owner. We're very curious to see. Um, there's been rumours that Mason Lino does have this six spot to lose, as we predicted last week. Uh, cannot believe we didn't get the chocolates last week, mate. That was just brutal to watch. Should have absolutely won, but whatever. Kalen mm-hmm. uh, Ponga looked amazing back there. Uh, obviously, he ran a bit of a gas, got a bit of a knock towards the end of the game, but if he hung on or you bought low, good luck to you. He's going to be a weapon each and every week, or at least a threat to be a weapon, um, and great to watch. Mitchell Pierce, uh, preseason, I thought he was going to be that value pick he always was. What's actually going on there with Mitch Pierce? He's been a bust, no doubt about it. I do not, I don't put it all down to him, though. I think that there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts at the Knights. Like this, there's the Paul Ponger issue, there's the combination between you now Pierce and Lino. I, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I don't own Pierce. I've got no shares. I've got I'm just third, third party looking in. I reckon he'll come come back to that player sooner rather than later. He won't be amazing, but he'll get back to being serviceable again. You'd have to think so. The, there's too much evidence to support that. Um, and as this, as they settle into these combinations, I hope they do give Lino a bit more of an extended run because it did. You know, this combo looks pretty good for a good chunk of that game. Um, they'll start learning to give Ramian a bit more early ball, which they just really haven't done so far. So I think Ramian's a bit of a sneaky buy-low. Um, hasn't really lit it up yet, but I, I think the talent is just too much, and they'll start to realise it uh, pretty soon. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ramian? Yeah, look, Ramian, I think he's actually been all right, super coach-wise, given the, the lack of ball he's had so far. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he can actually start just getting early ball, I think he'll be... He'll be the player we all hoped he would be. Because I think he's only hit, what's he done? He's had one line break and one try in the first four weeks um, for an average of 43 points. So it's not like he's, he's not killing you, killing you, but you know, obviously not happy by, by where you probably took him at the start of the year. But I do think he'll probably be all right. Um, yeah, Bilo, if you can get him, he, he's a he's a, a you know a good shot of being a, a top, at least a top twelve sort of CTW talent wise. Um, obviously, David Clemmer has been fantastic and far outstripped his preseason draft position in most leagues. Um, really churning out huge minutes for this side, and with James Gavitt the only one, or sorry, as Gavitt as you said, uh, the only one really there, you know, alongside him with Guerra on the bench and Man, those minutes are going nowhere. So he he's a great pickup. Yeah, he goes good. So you bought low on Fitzgibbon the other week. Obviously, you believe in him rest of season. I do, mate, and I, I think you saw signs um, with that combination with Ponga. I know there was that dummy that I can fell for, uh, you know, with, with to Fitzgibbon uh, that led to a try, and I think that's just a sign. At some stage, those will go to Fitzgibbon, um, who will stroll through the gap. So I, I really like him still as a bylo if that window is still there. Um, and obviously, you're very happy with Ponga going back to number one if you're an owner. Yeah. I agree. Okay, uh, on to Manly. 
Oh. Unfortunately for you, we had to get here eventually. Mm-hmm. That is a bad-looking side now. Oh, it is. Without Turbo there, yeah. Not not good for Supercoach for the, this entire team, including DCE, who, I tell you what, to me, he screams sell high. I know that sounds insane because he's still one of the better halfbacks, but if you could package him up and, and get a, a decent halfback on the way back, say like a, a Morgan or a Ben Hunt with something else, to if you have another hole in your side, I potentially would because without DCE there, sorry, without Turbo there, guys like him are going to drop off a bit. Well, I think he's probably selling him short. He's actually, he's been the best halfback so far. He has. He has. I just, I, I think, as you said, without Turbo there, mate, this side just doesn't score as many points. Mm, yeah, it's not not pretty reading when you when you read Elliot Tafua, Suli, Parker, and Garrick as well. Worst, worst backline in the comp at the moment, surely. Jeez, that's not good reading at all. No. Um, but look, Tommy Turbo. It's been a rough, really tough run of it, um, obviously. But he still isn't even the biggest bust in the Manly team, if you include injury. Um, Coruscant. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, on? did not see that coming. Um, has yeah, that's he's barely startable at, at the moment. Um, yeah. I it's baffling to me because you think his play style is just so conducive to Supercoach. So I, I'm not sure carrying an injury. I, I'm not sure what to make of that one. Yeah, no, it's really unusual. Really unusual. Um, but yeah, Muddy mate, Tapao exa- hasn't exactly lit it up yet either. No, he's been quiet by his standards, hasn't he? Like he hasn't he hasn't been. Been the to power that we've come to know over the seasons gone by. You'd have to think that that will turn because they're going to need some second phase ball just to keep it matches here, aren't they? I mean, they're not going to be able to score through the traditional way with Elliot at fullback. No. Um, you feel like it might just be this pretty good forward pack with uh, Fanua Blake being a phenomenal. Uh, having a phenomenal start to the year, uh, maybe to power will get the offload cranking. So if the, if you've got a little buy low opportunity to start to power in your front row, I'm on board with it. Yep. Okay, let's move on. There, there's no waivers for this team, so let's keep going. No, definitely not. Um, Saturday, 7.35, is the Sharks at home to the Roosters. Bronson Zeri, wow. Ooh, looks good. <laughs> looks he good. Looks, he looks so good. Uh, he, he's probably the waiver claim here, I think. Yep, if he's still out there, I, I can get on board with any level of claim there just because, boy, does it look like he's going to be toughed out from this side. Yeah. He, Even he, at full strength. There to stay, isn't he? He really is. He's just a very – he's clearly a gun, um, you know, that will – he's one of those specimen types, you know, of the Cottridge mould, and I just think once he gets in there, it's going to be his spot to lose. So, uh, yeah, any any level of claim I'm fine with there. Yep, I agree. Um, that's it in terms of waivers, but – Values and, and uh, busts, uh, obviously for feeder has proved to be an amazing value anywhere outside of top three overall, pretty much. Pre-season, we said that it was going to be his side with all the, you know, obviously Gallon dropping off and the and the Luke Lewis retirement and, what and you know, Matt Pryor's an older, older body. He's getting the minutes. He's getting the ball. It is just, yeah, he, he's the easily the number one front rower and then there's a bit of daylight. Yeah, he went number four in our league, and it was a you know, it wasn't like it was a oh wow, that's a great bat. Like that's like that's 
people weren't saying it was a good pick. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah, because it was kind of a bit early, given at number four. He probably was viewed more of a fifth, sixth, probably more like seventh or eighth overall player. I think. You know, no, I myself, I had I had the halves pushed up before him in my rankings. So good, yeah, fair play. You take him at four in your he's performed like this. And bloody good pick. Well, he'd arguably go third overall right now if you were to, you know, draft today with the injury to Turbo. I think he'd probably be third. Yeah, he would be. Look, busts, Paul Gallon. Kind of saw that one coming, hey? Yeah, it's been that dramatic drop-off. It happens to everyone. It happened to, to, to God or Corey Parker as well. Uh, it just happens to everyone, and, and he's barely startable at the moment. Yeah, hasn't been hasn't been much. Um, yeah, obviously, you've had Nakora and Capewell. They're both... Both been really good. Um, Wade Graham's not you – know, he's still quite a long way away, so it remains to be seen what happens there in terms of that rotation. But It's not know. a good side, mate. I'm sticking by it. I didn't like this Shark side going into the season, and I, I nothing's really changing, apart from Fafita being a real standout. Um, and sure, Sean Johnson, he'll still have his big weeks, I presume, but um, it, I, I'm not that keen on this side. Yeah. No, they're sneaky shit, aren't they? They <laughs> – <laughs> Sneaky shit. I like that. And yes, I agree. Um, okay, one of the Roosters. Now, I think the Roosters are almost unchanged. Obviously, Crichton's in the 12, which is probably the only change, if any at all, with Orbison back in the bench, which is obviously good news for Crichton owners. Be happy about that. Big time, mate. And one, one I, I thought maybe Orson was going to be more annoying, as I said in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and sort of prolong that process with Crichton. But if you if you didn't listen to my advice and grab Crichton on the bylaw, I say well done. Yeah, no, I agree. He's been he's been really good, old Angus. Um, even even off the bench, I think he's probably been more of a more of an issue to seeing him getting named on the bench. But his minutes, he actually played any minutes all but week one, so. He's been he's been good as advertised. He's got a massive upside in that team. Um, you know, breakouts and busts. There's not really any waivers for this week, I don't think. No, the, just a name that is interesting to me is that I picked up Takiyaho on a free after the draft. He has been really good so far, averaging sixty odd with a bit of attacking stats. I'm really curious to see how he goes this week with Haria Hargreaves back and the full forward complement on the bench, um, where I think his minutes will go back down to about that 40-odd and he'll become irrelevant again. But he's really started well, so I guess you keep firing him up until you see it change. Yeah, I think so. You, you probably, you're obliged to start him, I think, given what he showed you, but I don't think I'd... I wouldn't love it this week for the exact reason you said. I think Could... Could he be a sneaky sell high in leagues that value, you know, high averages? You, you oh. know, there's these. I, I'd be selling Takio if someone thinks, "Oh, you beauty, sixty average rest of season front rower." Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's a, a really good sell high there, just because he's not going to keep up kind of where he's been. Just, just a, players coming back. I was just going to say, just a sneaky little. If you are trying to sell him and you're in a, you, you, you're chatting with a someone else in your league, just just throw in there that if Latrell were ever to get injured, that he'd be the goal kicker. That can sometimes <laughs> sweeten the deal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what about Latrell? Um, I, I bought him low the other week. Um, well, I didn't really buy him low. I just bought him for what he was worth. Um, 
And, well, it was kind of part of the, the trade I made earlier that I spoke of, which was the, the kick out for Nakora. Um, I did that same time as doing TPJ for Luttrell. So, because I just thought about the rest of season, I would have rather had Luttrell and kick out rest of season over TPJ and Nakora. It was just when that when that offer came up to me, I um, I made both of those deals to try and take that side of it. So it's pretty much one of those ones that you just have personal preference on. But having owned the troll for a couple of weeks now, I still think he's a really good buy low. I think yeah, he's, um, easily. He hasn't hit any 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 major attack yet, major attacking stats other than you know the odd try assist from that kick that was really late in the game last week, but. When he turns it on, which he will do eventually, he's. Um, I think he's still still well within the buy low range. That's pretty much it for the for the Roosters. Okay, um, on to the next game of the round, which is the Dragons and home to the Bulldogs. Um, anything here for the Dragons for you in terms of waivers? In terms of waivers, mate, uh, I guess the injury to Corbin Sims means Blake Laurie has a stay of execution in the side, but I guess, I mean, whether there's interest there, it's probably very low end um, in terms of, you imagine Tyson slots straight back into an 80 minute role now that he's fit. Yeah, uh, yeah I think so. Looked good. Looked really good uh, in coming back. He adds a lot to this side in real life more than anything. He just settles in as a good sort of third to RF level. Um, and if he's out there on Waverland, I'd recommend, you know, if you need a 2RF, he's as probably as good as any option right now. Yeah. Um, okay, we won't worry about too much about the, the um, breakouts and busts there. I, I, I guess I kind of want to talk to you about Ben Hunt, though. He's probably the only one we'll talk about. What do you make of, <coughs> you make of the experience owning Ben Hunt this year? Yeah, it's it's odd. Like he's looked threatening in games, and you think he, I just feel like he'll have those weeks where he crosses the stripe to to boost the overall season average. But we've seen that it's mostly Corey Norman's side this year, um, and in terms of creation of points, so he he definitely is is right on the bus line for me, Ben Hunt. Uh, could you buy low? Could you make an argument? I think you could because I think he historically has always managed to sort of average around about that fifty mark. So that means bigger games are coming, but. Yeah, you're definitely not happy with Ben Hunt at this point. No, no, he's probably just a hold for now and see what he can do. Um, for the Bulldogs, um, couple, just one change there with, with obviously Napa being out injured, sees Ogden, if a kicky, he'll be say his name, Ogden starting. Probably not much there in terms of waivers for him or for, for anyone in that team, except for maybe Kerrit Holland. He, he was an unusual to say the least, last week, that score against the Storm? Yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. And and Ockenbohr coming in and scoring 100 against the Storm as well. I personally will be staying away from Bulldogs players. I just can't. I think they'll just have such bad weeks. Reese Martin's an every week starter. And good luck to those who either bought low or hung you know, hung tough with him because he's he's going to be that 80-minute uh, goal-kicking player. Um, and, and probably, look, arguably will justify that sort of round three-ish selection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll be much better than that, won't he? 
You'd think so. Um, but yeah, in terms of that, mate, I'm really not that keen on many of these Bulldogs players. If you're in deeper leagues, I guess you'd have to consider like a, a Karen Holland and, and I guess Ockenball has shown some upside, but I just think expecting it week after week is going to be tough. Uh, the big value pick and just phenomenal early season waiver, darling, has been Corey Harawira Naira. Uh, talented players, got his spot uh, over Fatala Mariner and and looks like he'll probably keep it. Yeah, he's been he's been really bloody good. CHN and especially with that jewel makes him ultra valuable. It does. I guess you've always just got to look there. Is he a sell high just on the fact that I guess, you know, Fatala Mariner is still sniffing around. Um, and obviously the Bulldogs are going to have some, some rough weeks that might lead to some changes, but um, I guess you ride that one out, don't you? Considering you got him for nothing. Yeah. Look, they've, they've been playing much better since they've made that change. So I think they're probably going to stick with this side for a while. Okay, last game of the round sees um, the Raiders at home to the Parramatta Eels. Now, for the Raiders, they've named an unchanged team from last week with the exception of Tarpany coming back on the bench, which is interesting for Tarpany owners. It, it, it kind of makes him unplayable this week, given it's the last game of the round. You'd need to have a, a, a handcuff with like a Ryan Sutton-type player to make him startable. Yeah, certainly, certainly isn't startable, but good, good if you're a tap and the owner. Uh, if if he was dropped, uh, I can see obviously a claim. He's going to be uh, not a high end player when he returns. Possibly a bit of a bust in terms of some leagues. I think there's a bit of hype around Tappany, which you've touched on in earlier podcasts. Uh, but you could still waive a claim in because he will come back to that starting side uh, probably as early as next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, a great value pick for. For, for any draft has been uh, Nickel Clockstad. He's been just awesome. And he's a good been, real life player. Yeah, he's been so good. Yeah. So, uh, I don't even think he's a sell high. I just think his base stats because he's a really active player. I, I I just think he's an every week starter going going forward. Really. Yeah. No, he's been good. And also Rapana. 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 Good to see him in full flight, mate. I, I'll never begrudge him. Looking good and being fit, uh, and well done to those who took a gamble with him coming back so soon. Yeah, he'd been, he would would have been a great value in many many leagues. Probably in some leagues, he probably he could have even been picked up off free agency waivers. Uh, one one thing worth mentioning is that Jack Whiten really has stifled that attack down the Cottridge and Croker side. Um, some concerns there, rest of season, uh, just with that. Whiten essentially holding the ball up and just going himself. Uh, oh. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Jack Whiten as a six, um, and it will cost. It'll cost the Raiders in in matches where they've got to create something against better sides. Oh, could not agree more, mate. Like you're you're a Croker owner. I'm a Cotrick owner. The fact that you're like, hearing you say that, it's just, it's like you're reading my mind when I'm watching those games. Just like it's brutal. He just takes it and runs at the defense, and it just oh. It's infuriating, and and he's got such talent outside. And we're we're both massive Cottridge fans, and he's just getting no no opportunities whatsoever. I know he he finally did get involved on the weekend, but uh, overall season long, there's got to be concerns there. Yeah, like I'm fortunate in my side, I guess, because I've got him as a CTW four, which is kind of yeah. what he you know, like yeah. he's really good to have as a try scoring upside player as your last centre winger. But there've been many many leagues out there where he's relied on as a lot more than that. Yeah, and that that's a that would be of some concern, I guess, going forward. But there, there, there's three names here worth mentioning. So John Bateman has no doubt been the, 
I'd, I'd say the draft value of the season to date, uh, literally in the entire league, uh, you wouldn't have to spend a lot on him on draft day, and he's just been outstanding. And now yeah. he's got an 80-minute edge roll. Uh, good luck to anyone that took a punt there. Really don't need to say much more. Um, Josh Papali, predictably as a front rower, is probably one of the busts of the season to date, if not the bust. Yeah. yeah you... um kind of alerted everyone to that after week one, and that's really gone pretty much as you thought it might have. Just not getting the minutes, and he's just playing a safe plotter role. He's not offloading. He's not running that edge line to crash over for tries. I'd be, oh, boy, if you could get anything on the name value for Papali and try and sell it hard, good luck to you. But that, unless he goes back to an edge somehow, which is incredibly unlikely with Bateman's success, I, yeah, that's not gone well. It's too late. It's too late. It is. You, it really is. When you said to sell on the name back a few weeks ago, that was the time to, to do it. You, you've missed it now because now, now potential buyers have even seen the fact that even injuries, he's staying in the front row because you've just seen Tappany get injured and they've started Ryan Sutton at lock and kept Bateman and Whitehead in there. So With with Tappany to come back as well. Oh, yeah, it's not good. I, I will it ask, though, would you rather have Papali or Taukiaho rest of season? Oh, good one. Uh, oh, that's right on the spot. Jeez, you'd, previously you'd have said there's a chance Papali goes back to an edge. I will just say Papali because of that reasoning I gave you on Takiyaho. I, I think the reason why I kind of bring that one up is if you own Takiyaho, I don't think it's mad to try and get Papali straight up for him. Just in case Papali gets more minutes as we go forward. There is a chance he gets more front row minutes. So say he got 55 instead of the minutes he's been getting now, that whole thing would swing. So I agree with you, but boy, is it not a slam dunk. Yeah. Look, his minutes so far, 47, 49, 49, and 51. Yeah. You you want that to say 55 next week, and then you'd be happy being on the Papali side. but. Yeah. We'll see. Um, But then the other name, mate, as an owner, I've got to mention is Josh Hodgson, which I I don't get it. I actually don't have – I've watched, you know, that much Supercoach with you over the years in footy. What is actually happening there, and why is he all of a sudden a complete bust? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't quite quite understand it either. Like, he's he's just not getting near the the defensive stats, I think is what's really missing with Hodgson. Like, he's been getting try assists – He's still getting his forced dropouts and that sort of thing, but he just hasn't quite been – he hasn't been running a lot. He's been getting out of dummy half, creating a little bit, stepping out, engaging defenders and then passing. He um, He's just, yeah, been making a few errors, that sort of thing, maybe trying a bit too hard. But Am I right in saying here, though, there's a talented player. He's had the super coach pedigree. This could just be a bit of a change in philosophy or it could just be early season getting into the season after some injuries and, and whatnot. I've, I, my instinct, and this is I'm trying not to go rose-tinted glasses as an owner here, but I've got to think he's a sneaky buy-low because surely this is not a season-long thing, right? You wouldn't think so, you, especially at the landscape of hookers as well. Like You've obviously got Cook, you've got Smith, you've got Farrah. Um, Hodgson's... Fallen below Farrah, clearly. Yes. Um, but other than that, 
Is there any other hooker that I'm missing that's like an McC- old... McCulloch. McCulloch's an every-week starter who's been somewhat disappointing, but I think that's more symptomatic of the Broncos struggling. I still think he he potentially also could go in the category of a sneaky buy-low who'll probably average 55-plus. And, and, and McInnes, too. I forgot Cameron McInnes has been really good. He's actually been good. McInnes is ahead of Hodgson for sure right now as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what are your thoughts? I, I've got to say there's a buy-low opportunity there, and it could be ridiculously cheap because player, uh, there might be people out there who are happy to go with like a Mitch Rain, for example, rest of season. Yeah. I'd take, I would take a Hodgson there and just I, I would back him to turn it around. Yeah, I, I, I'd much rather have Hodgson over Rain. There's no doubt about that. There's so much more upside in Hodgson. Rain's just kind of like your 50, your 50 averaging player just with tackles and the occasional random attacking stat, but there's a few hookers that have come up this year that you uh, people are going to be happy happy enough kind of settling for, kind of like your Reed Mahoney's. Like they're not they're not world beaters, but people got them so late that they're probably just happy enough just to ride it out, you know. But yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be selling Hodgson for anyone else other than those guys we mentioned that we kind of have above, unless you can get some sort of. I certainly wouldn't sell him if I had him. I think it's more just if you don't have him and you you want to chase some, you know, a player that could turn it around. I think he's a pretty pretty decent buy low. Yeah. Um, on to the Eels. Last team we're going to touch on. Obviously, Gutherson has been just ridiculous. King Gutho. I mean, you know, arguably up there with the with Bateman as the probably one and two for the best value. Uh, and is there anyone that begrudges the man playing well? We we love Gutho on this podcast. He is just a good. Uh, you just want him to go well. Awesome. Yeah. No, actually, I actually met a bloke at a Bucks party on the weekend that hates Gutherson. Oh. I've never met someone who hates Gutherson. Well, that that fellow would not be a friend of mine, mate. Because that, how, I don't know. He just seems like a guy you want to root for, and he's been outstanding um, from Supercoach perspective. Could be a sneaky sell high, but I mean, do you think this eel side, the, the combination with him and Moses has actually been great the last last uh, couple of weeks. So is he someone you would be selling high on? I'm kind of buying it. I'm kind of buying the the return to form. I kind of hard, think hard not to. Yep. Yeah. Because they've actually looked legit with Ferguson there. Like I think their team looks a much more settled side, especially with Junior Paulo now in the middle, just giving them a bit more go forward. I think... Ferguson's been... He looks... He looks good. That former last season, um, Parramatta might have been wise to spend the money they did on Fergo because it seems like it, the the switch has flipped and we're getting that Fergo back in that purple patch that he had as a Canberra fullback and then also last year. Um, he's a beast. Yeah, like when you got Gutherson and Moses playing off playing off that off Ferguson off Junior Paulo, obviously Sean Lane's been good and just got, getting them going forward again. Obviously, they've got Marty Maru to also come back into this team and Nathan Brown eventually. I, th- I think the Eels have, have uh, you know, the, the signs are going well for them. They're probably not going to be a top eight side, but they look much more solid, I guess, in terms of real life. So I kind of don't mind that. And, and probably now relevant to Supercoach after probably not having too many over the last few years. Well, yeah, there's been so many values here because obviously not many people were on them. Like, no. Like, Lane's been a value. Nakori's. Nakore has been a value. Junior Paul yep. has been a value. Yep. And strangely, one of the preseason ones that I, I drafted thinking he was safe as houses, Alvaro, has actually 
borderline a bust at this stage with just sort of 40 scores and less minutes um, <laughs> with the emergence of Paulo. So, and with sort of Terrapo, Evans and Manor on the bench, uh, he, Paulo has been the one getting the minutes. So yeah, it is a, it's a, it's a pretty good side for Supercoach and I like a lot of the options there. Yeah. None better than what? None better than Brad Takarangi. Everyone pretty much Brad, but Brad Takarangi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Tepai Moroa, who we will continually say, please, oh, yeah. please, just don't, just don't do it. Yeah, don't, don't rate it. But I tell you who I do like is I do like Sevo. I like Micah Sevo. Yep, he looks good, and he's got errors in him, which is always going to be an issue, like in terms of him keeping his spot in the side, but. He's so fast. He is yes. so quick. And there was one, I think it was two weeks ago, he was pounced on a ball and put a stiff arm on someone. And, and so he would have scored a try, but he got called back for a double knock on or something. And But you just saw that speed and acceleration off the mark. He scored two tries the other week on on that left-hand side. I just, I like wingers on left-hand edges when they've got good ball-playing ball fullbacks. And that's what the Eels have got with Gutherson in form. So I think Sevo is a sneaky guy to have as a free agent, and he should, probably should be owned. Don't hate it at all, mate. Um, all right. So that pretty much sums us up, mate, in terms of breakouts, busts, and also waivers. Look, in, for the waivers, let's kind of wrap that up pretty quickly in terms of who we said were, um, were guys we'd be looking to claim. No phone number one. Lofalumi you're a fan of, yeah. Yep. I think there's a chance he's available in some leagues, so he'd be the uh for me very comfortably number one. Um uh, Bronson's area would have to be number two, I'd imagine. Yep, yep, just behind Nofo is fine. Um I think Tappany just I, I imagine he's not dropped in many, but there is a chance he was. He also belongs in that company of the sort of no no brainers. Yeah. Uh what about Tony Staggs? It's so weird seeing Roberts on the bench. I, I can't imagine how that's possible, considering he's already been injured twice this year. So on that note, I'm going to say yes. Uh, waiver, waiver Katoni, and fire him up this week against the Tigers. What about DWZ? You, you're a no. I, I think I'd probably have him as a claim, just given his position. I will. Uh, I guess uh, the turbo owner, which I am, um, has to consider that. So I have the first overall claim this week, and it... Oh, geez. It's almost in that territory that, you know, I'd need to, but I just, I'm not convinced he's a season long option. Well, do you have any other fullbacks on your roster? I don't know what you No, I don't. But I mean, is it, it you know, is he a guy that I'd burn a first claim to, to grab or would I just go, you know, a free agent? I, I'm not sure. Oh, so you're actually just looking at your side here. You got Corey Allen. I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, like that's the stopgap option and then go find a CTW with a good matchup, uh, of which there are a few this week. But, yeah, I mean, it's an argument that maybe your turbo owner has to has to face. I'll, I'll go with it. I'll say that it's probably a yes, but it's not one done with a lot of excitement. No. Um, and just a couple of free agents here that I don't mind is Tuala and Marion Sevi just for this week. Yeah, Marion Sevi, I quite like that one. as a. would have him... Uh, as a one-week special for sure. Yeah. So I, I'd rather have Tuala the rest of season, obviously, because Sevi hasn't got security in, in any position. But this week, Sevi, I can see him getting across the line. Uh, I guess the other one, mate, is um, would you waiver David Fafida, who will be more than likely a, a good start over the next two weeks? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd wait for Fafita. I, I like him. He's good. Would you? For two weeks, I mean, sort of a more low-end claim is probably fine. I wouldn't be going out and burning a high-end claim, knowing that it's just a time-limited role. Yeah, it's probably probably more sensible. Okay, mate, uh, that wraps us up for the waivers. We've got a few fan uh, questions on Twitter here for us to get to. So, oh, I don't know whether to say these guys' names or not. I guess I probably probably will. Just first name it. Yeah, so um, a message from Simon. Wants to know what to do with Jack DeBellin if you own him and you've had him on the bench all this time. Will he play a game of NRL this year, do we think? He's taking up space for a waiver or a free agent that he could just pick up, but he's not sure whether he should just hold and wait for DeBellin. What do you think? Uh, pretty easy advice here, mate. Um, I, he, he's certainly droppable at this point. Um, also news that Marin might even be coming in to replace him. So obviously they're not super excited about him coming back anytime soon. Easy drop. No. Next one's from Dane. Who would you consider to be the top 10 halfbacks currently? Oof. Wow. Okay. Uh, has the landscape changed that much from pre-season? Mm, I... Well, DC is well. The current top five is DCE, Moses, Adam Reynolds, Michael Morgan, and John Asiata. <laughs> that's in total points scored. If you go by averages, it's Chanel Harris to Vita one, DCE two, Mitch Moses three, Adam Reynolds. Michael Morgan. Oh, no, and Asiata. He actually is the same, except you throw Harris Tavita in there. Boy, uh, look, it's probably easiest just to give... We, we've sort of talked talk about how rough that landscape's been. So I think you still like your Cleary. I think Morgan has shown enough to be up there with DCE. Uh, okay. Sean Johnson is still... I, point being, I don't think the landscape's changed that much in the halfbacks. It, it really is, other than Moses probably looking better than expected. He's the only one that's made a huge jump forward, I think. Yeah, like Mitchell Moses is now probably that next cab off the rank, and then you've got your, your Ben Hunt, Jerome Hughes type, I think is probably... Yeah. That. Yeah, I think that's fair. They're sort of in that category. With all, like, I think Ben Hunt and Hughes, it's hard for me because I think there's a chance both of them turn it around a fair bit. So I don't change my rankings too much just yet. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I understand why people would be a bit worried there because you've, I mean, Lachlan Lewis is now averaging 52 points per game as well. Just can't in any way get on board with that, but... Mm. Yeah, good, good question. So we haven't given a great answer here. It's, it's that all I'll say to the the, the listener there is a really good question, and I wouldn't go uh, selling any of these guys that have struggled early because halfbacks are so precious. Um, if you want to believe in Moses though, with that combo with Gutho, he's the one that I could say, look, if people are still not sure on him, he's a guy I could get behind because we've seen him have a decent season before. Stuff. I only have a go at trying to rank them here, just, just for giving them the top 10. So if it was me personally, I would be ranking them Cleary, um, DCE, SJ, Michael Morgan, mm-hmm. Moses, five, yep. Adam yep. Reynolds, six, Yep. 
Jerome Hughes, seven. And that's probably where it starts to get a little tricky. Oh, sorry, Ben Hunt, eight. Sorry, yep. Ben Hunt. Nine and ten. Wow. <laughs> it's hard. Nine and ten. I'd probably be looking. Oh, obviously, Kieran's no good. Harris Tavi has played one game, scored 79. Oh, I'm going to go. I'll go Pierce here. I still think, I reckon that'll turn around as the Knights improve. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Pierce and buddy Harris Tavita, I guess, is 10th, I reckon. Like, it's between Harris Tavita, like Asiata, I'm not that keen on. No. Lewis, Lachlan Lewis uh, is there about. Ash Taylor's still in the mix. I don't think the Titans will, will not score points as the year goes on. I think they'll concede points, but I think they'll score some as well. So I'm, I'm not. A, I'm okay with. There's. Re- I think what you're trying to say is there, mate. To, to round out the ten, the depth gets very thin, and there's a whole heap of guys who could be the tenth best. Yeah, like I'd rather. I'm going to say Harris Tavita, but M buys thereabouts as well as Ash Taylor and Brody Croft yeah. and those sorts of guys. I have Brody below them, but those are Mbai is definitely in, in the mix as well. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So that's probably that. How about or thereabouts with um, with those rankings? Question from Bill. I've got the new cows half. So <laughs> Jake, Jake Clifford in a twelve man league. Ooh. Do I drop him and just play an AE, or should I keep persisting with him? The options for a halfback in a twelve team league are extremely slim. I would be favouring the A if you can make the AE option work for you, which we obviously we don't do that in in our leagues. But if if that's an option for you, I got to think the AE because that's Morgan's team and Clifford. Look, he may come good, but the early signs aren't promising. Yeah, wrought that AE system is what I'd be doing there, Bill. <laughs> yep. Put a second roller or something on your bench and get everyone else scoring zeros. Yep. <laughs> Question from Medium Chateau. How do I reset my draft team? <laughs> uh, medium. He's a, he's a, he's a trier. He's new to our league last year. He's in a bit of a tough spot. And all I'd say is no matter how bad your team looks, don't be afraid to trade your guns. Now, that doesn't mean you give them away for cheap. It means turn your higher-end picks into two players that are of slightly lesser value than your gun but could actually give your side a bit of balance and a chance to win each week. That. That's what you and I have suggested from the very start of when we played, mate, and I think that's someone like Medium Chateau should do. Mm, yeah. I, he hasn't got a bad side, but I don't know. He's been unlucky too last couple of weeks. So we'll see, see what he, can see what he does. Um, from, Love you, Chateau. <laughs> from Rudger McDonald. Yep. Hey, fellas, of the podcast. Thanks, mate. Thank, so, thank you, Rigger. Appreciate it. Um, what do you think will happen to Capewell and Nicora when Graham returns to the Sharks? Also, who would you choose out of Nicora and TPJ rest of season? Oh, okay. So the second one, very easily TPJ. The first one, uh, we we believe that, and I think we and I have discussed this off podcast, but uh, we believe that Graham comes in on that edge with and replaces Capewell with Nicora uh, hanging on rest of season. Yeah, the reason why I'll just kind of state the reasons why that's why I say is because um, Wade Graham plays on the left edge traditionally, mm-hmm. as he has throughout his whole career, because he's got that left left foot kick mm-hmm. and the left hand channel. 
Uh, and Nakora has come in and taken the spot of Luke Lewis since he retired. So I don't think the Sharks have really got any allegiances there to, to giving Capewell that spot when um, when Graham comes back. So I do see Graham taking the left side, and that would mean that, um, yeah, Capewell would be the one to make way. So with that being said, if you're getting offers of Nakora and T, for T, if TPJ for your Nakora, mate, you make that deal, then you have oh, to worry about it. Yeah. Do you what? That is a that's a snap. That, especially if someone thinks that's a fair trade, whilst uh, TPJ is suspended, you jump all over that. Yeah. Uh, especially because TPJ is front row eligible. Um, that's a that's a, an easy win. Yeah, look, TPJ, he's been so when when he plays, he is an absolute fantasy gun. He's a beast, and it looks like uh, with Gillett already moving back to an edge, as we predicted, it's that you'd have to think that lock position is his to lose. Um, so yeah, TPJ, easy top ten front rower, borderline top five. Yeah, unfortunately, there's always suspensions and injuries that you've got to factor in with the man, but you, you don't. I, I think you you're probably um, being a bit too cautious in that one there because Nakora. I think it's it's too much in TPJ's favour for you to um, be that worried. About yep. it. Yep. Question from Baxter. Um, worth dropping Dylan Edwards after he picked up Dufty last week? I wouldn't flat drop Dylan Edwards because if he does push back to fullback and the Panthers get some form, you're going to have some trade value there. And I wouldn't say Dufty is matchup proof either. Um, he did look, he looks involved, but he's just not, he's not a massively high work rate on him. So no, I would not drop Dylan Edwards. Yeah, it's it's hard to say in in a vacuum without knowing who he's who he's going to try and pick up there. It is. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, if you're looking at twelve team leagues plus, you definitely don't drop Edwards. But um, I, I feel like a stash there is is a better option, um, unless you're in an eight team league, of course. Yeah, and last one from Mitch is Taukiaho and Jermaine Asako for Tom Trevojevic a good fr- good trade. My current second rowers are Arrow, Jake. I imagine that'd be Jake Trevojevic. Wow. Oh, holy crap. Um, my current second rowers are Arrow, Jake Trevojevic, and Cameron Murray. <laughs> if you could add, if you add Turbo to that, oh, I mean, that's not to say Asako, you, you are selling uh, low on Asako considering Turbo is out for a long time and is no guarantee to be fully fit rest of season, I guess. Um, but you take a punt on Turbo though easily if you've got those three two RFs. Oh, that's 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 a, that's amazing. That's a really good trade. Like, like we already said that we don't think Takiyaho is going to really keep this up rest of season. So, if you, I mean, Asako for Tommy Turbo, you're going to do that any, every day of the week, especially now. Even uh, with the injury. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. It, yeah, the Asako part, you're obviously not excited to lose Asako. I'd be more uh, interested to see what your CTW was like in that setup. But it, it just look, obviously there, that's a yes. Go go get Tommy Turbo and, and ride off uh, to a title. Yeah, it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because, like, obviously, like you said, we don't see who his other, his other second rowers are. Oh, sorry, his other centre wingers are. Mm. He's got those gun 2RFs that he's listed there, but... Like is he playing Takiyaho in his front row? Is that going to make him really weak there? We don't we don't know, but yeah, I think in a vacuum, especially since all these leagues, you know, eight teams make the finals, so you're kind of playing the long game anyway. Yeah, you want Tommy Turbo on your side in a final, so 
Yeah, and with those second rowers, you'll make a you'll make the top eight. Yeah. So <clears throat> no worries there. All right, guys, um, that sums us up for another week. So um, appreciate the fan questions as per as per normal. It's really good to get um, your, your your questions out there. Um, trying to help you guys out as much as we can. So as per normal, you can hear us up uh, either on NRL Supercoach Talk website uh, at sorry, it's www.nrlsupercoachtalk.com uh, or the, the Twitter page at NRL Supercoach Talk Draft. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll um, talk to you again next week. Been a pleasure. Good luck, guys. Pleasure.